This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk, and this is the Digital Savage Experience, episode 61. Why socialism and communism isn't the answer, coming from the perspective of somebody that was born under that type of regime and then immigrated to the United States. If you don't know, I'm originally from Ukraine. I was born in 1984 in Lviv, Ukraine. Basically lived there till 1989 and then began the immigrant process where someone sponsored us in terms of relatives in the United States, basically needed a sponsor to come over. So basically somebody vouched for you and basically took responsibility for you if anything should happen in terms of a medical or a financial sense. So basically the process there or then was you go to Vienna, Austria, stay for a little bit, and then go to Rome, Italy, stay for a little bit, and then finally end up in the United States. So I ended up in New Jersey, and I've stayed here since that time. But recently, I've heard a lot of stuff about, you know, socialist policies, more extreme, and bringing about, like, a socialist overhaul in terms of laws and mandates in this country. Even uh, bills proposed... Uh, currently, like the the Green Deal, a new version of the, you know, the New Deal. So I just wanted to get into it a little bit from the perspective of somebody saw how it doesn't work and maybe change your mind, maybe not, but just give my perspective on the topic. So first, I want to kind of explain or give you a definition of communism and socialism and how it applies to capitalism because I know communism and socialism kind of run hand in hand but some points they are different and it gets a little confusing so communism and socialism are economic and political structures that promote equality and seek to eliminate social classes the two are interchangeable in some ways but different in others as I said In a communist society, the working class owns everything and everyone works towards the same communal goal. There are no wealthy or poor people, all are equal, and the community distributes what it produces based only on need. Nothing is obtained by working more than what is required. Communism frequently results in low production, mass poverty, and limited advancement. Poverty spread so widely in the Soviet Union in the 1980s that its citizens revolted, which I can attest to. Like communism, socialism's main focus is on equality, but not seeing that happen in my perspective. But workers earn wages that can spend as they choose, while the government, not citizen, owns, operates the means for production. Workers receive what they need to produce and survive, but there's no incentive to achieve more, leaving little motivation. Some countries have adopted aspects of socialism. 
The United Kingdom provides basic needs like healthcare to everyone regardless of their time or effort at work. In the United States, for example, welfare and the public education system are all a form of socialism, which those two things aren't bad, but a complete overhaul based on you know other countries around the world would most likely be pretty catastrophic. Both are opposite of capitalism where limitations don't exist and reward comes to those who go beyond the minimum. In capitalism, society's owners are allowed to keep the excess production they earn. And competition occurs naturally, which fosters advancement. Capitalism tends to create a sharp divide between the wealthiest citizens and the poorest citizens. However, with the wealthiest owning the majority of the nation's resources. So, I guess anyone can argue some talking points about communism, socialism, and capitalism's pros and cons, like inequalities and communism and socialism try to promote um, equality, but that never happens. And I think a lot of people here use examples like UK in terms of their healthcare systems in Canada, but they have other things that aren't really going for them, like taxes. You know, the UK rate, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's at least 50%. So it's kind of crazy or higher. So in the Scandinavian countries are always, you know, a, you know, example used by people that want a socialist system saying, you know, in the Scandinavian countries, you know, they get free health care, free education, free, you know, everything. But, <clears throat> excuse me, they're not necessarily, you know, owned by the government. So it's not, you know, a true socialist structure. For it to be socialist, the government ha- has to basically control and run anything and in the Scandinavian countries that doesn't happen so the other thing is with those they're limited populations so the country is a lot a lot smaller in terms of obviously area and population in terms of the difference between that and the United States but my thing is the Soviet Union was kind of both in terms of calling itself socialist and communist And neither of which was true from the traditional sense. From the communist sense, the people didn't own the industry. Basically, they were rich and they were poor. And like in capitalism and any other system, there was extreme rich and extreme poor. So that doesn't hold true that everybody was equal. There was some, it was more feudal, in my opinion. It was basically a ruling class, what was the communist party and everyone in it. And then all the workers that basically didn't really get much. So when they say kind of in communism and socialism, everyone, you know, gets a certain amount or, you know, what they need to survive, there was always the people that got more and got less. So in communism, everybody owned, you know, were part of the manufacturing and owned it and basically had a say or got a share. 
and that didn't happen um we i remember as a kid obviously i was super young under that structure and came here when i was you know went to kindergarten but i remember standing in bread lines with my mom like you couldn't go to the supermarket to get a loaf of bread like you literally needed to stand in a line for hours with other people to get a loaf of bread it was a generic loaf of bread that everybody else got things like uh, oranges and clementines and tangerines were a luxury fruits that were a warmer climate and you know found in other areas of the world you had like one orange or one tangerine i remember for like a holiday and that was like the biggest gift ever so you went into a store there was nothing on the shelves primarily only things that were made locally and that's about it import sucked there was nothing coming in and if it did it was on the black market and it was super expensive power was turned off periodically and so was water so you had until a certain amount of you know time in the afternoon or the evening they switched it up in different areas where they would turn on the hot water and turn it off so if you needed a shower or a bath during the time of the cold water i mean you had to suck it up or wait you know another 12 to whatever amount of hours until the warm water would come on there was that kind of universal i guess healthcare aspect but then the doctors had no incentive granted i don't necessarily agree with the existing healthcare system in the united states right now in terms of being profit driven and not really um the actual um person that is being treated but i mean to an a certain extent obviously it's capitalist so it's driven by profit but although there was a medical system it i'm not saying it was the worst or the best it just for things like that you had to wait forever because everybody's going to the doctor everybody is getting it for free and if there would be corruption in terms of you're in a line someone is always going to try to do something to skip to the head of the line in this case bribes people would bribe you know bring a bottle of liquor bring some at the time i guess it was rubles um during the 80s and most likely than not you would see a specialist or an expert or if you had a friend or a hookup so you it wasn't you know like blanketed where everybody was equal and everybody got the same care there were still differences and also in education you can get straight A's which my mom did and basically you you couldn't you know practice your faith or your religion under communism so when the co- communist government found out they basically what she would be the equivalent of a valedictorian here and get like some kind of gold medal and do a speech they took that away from her um based on that you know she didn't kind of denounce her religion that's one reason we kind of came to the US as well reason being religious persecution so the point i'm trying to make here is in higher you know ed institutions people could buy degrees they could bypass any class and 
buy a master's, bachelor's, doctorate in anything if you had the money. So if you had the money, you could do pretty much anything. And I mean, still that happens around the world and in every system. So I think people hear that, you know, glamorize socialism and communism. They've never lived in it. So I kind of challenge the people that are so gung-ho about socialist and communism um, to go and at least visit. I'm not saying live. Go to what's happening in Venezuela right now and see how you like it. Go to North Korea. Go to even Russia, even though it's not a, a communist country now. They're bringing back some of the same oppressive laws. It's state-controlled media. You can't say anything about the government. They made literally laws that, you know, made it a crime to have an opposing viewpoint from the government. Or if you say something that you don't agree with the government or say something that's, you know, bad about the president or the government, you pretty much get locked up. You cannot assemble in terms of protests. So you don't have a freedom of speech. Um, You can see what's happening with Russia and, you know, invading my country under false pretexts and annexing parts of my country and having parts of my country in a stalemate like i mean russia now is the same russia it's been so if you see putin doing some of the stuff that he's doing now you won't if you can amplify it by 10 20 30 and that was going on under you know a socialist communist structure during my time in the Soviet Union in the 80s, obviously my time, I'm not speaking like an adult when I was little, but I still observed a lot of stuff. There was still extreme poverty, and there was still extreme uh, wealth under those systems during that time. So, like, I mean, people here just think that, you know, bringing that about is going to be this crazy utopian thing, and that capitalism is evil. Yes, I think... Parts of capitalism um, can be misconstrued. The whole every the money drives everything. That you know, you're either rich or you're either poor, and all the rich people control, you know, all the assets and all the wealth. Well, some of them attained them through family, but some of them busted their ass, started with nothing, and raised themselves up. Like they're self-made millionaires, they're self-made billionaires, but they applied themselves, they did what they needed to do, they didn't complain, and they took advantage of a capitalist system, where if you go above and beyond, and you try your best, most likely, if you do the right things, and you meet the right people along the way, and everything else aligns, you will become successful. I can't say the same thing if I was living in Russia, under that system, or in Venezuela, or in North Korea, or anywhere else that highlights a socialist or communist viewpoint or perspective, even if you want to, like I said, the example I use of Scandinavian countries, which they, they aren't truly socialist because the government doesn't control everything. It's not, you know, state-controlled. 
they have a still a, a capitalistic um, economy structure. So only their political policies are socialist. But even with that, have fun. Go pay 60-70% in taxes and then tell me how you feel. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but obviously I've been in the United States since 1990. So at this point, I've assimilated in a lot of ways, but I still hold a lot of the values that, you know, I've developed in the worldview in terms of my experiences under, you know, communism and socialism. But I think people in the United States are super soft. They have no idea what it is to grow up in a structure like that or the patience or the restraint or, you know, the lack of free speech. People take their free speech for granted so much. And all these people that are complaining on the left about Trump and everything um, and saying, I mean, a lot of stuff that, you know, they may have a point, but a lot of stuff not true and is, you know, inflammatory. If this was anywhere else, if this was Russia present day, all of those people would be locked up, probably beaten, and probably majority of them disappear to somewhere in Siberia and never come back. Now, they have the luxuries to complain under, you know, the First Amendment and their, you know, their right to do so if that's what they believe, but they take that for granted. Super soft. I think if anything ever happened here, something to the effect of another Great Depression or some kind of famine, or some kind of, you know, internal struggle, people were just implode. Like, people were just getting, up until a certain amount of time, I've never used the word triggered. Like, people were getting triggered by other people, uh, aura, and the, you know, the vibe they're giving off. Come on, like, you, you gotta have some kind of toughness. Like, from Ukraine... Ukraine was a country in history that was invaded a lot. They fought a lot. Not by, you know, them wanting to, but by choice, by preserving themselves as a as a state and a body and protecting their people. So I think if you want to dramatically roll that through, I think pure socialism and pure com- uh, communism goes against what this country was founded on and the constitution and the people that are proposing this and walking around when they should be working or building themselves up or giving more effort like i mean it's just absurd it's like this is the freest country in the world even traveling around the world from what you can say what you can do your movement um in terms of government not regulating industries and not doing a lot in terms of like limiting you as an individual business owner and things of that nature and then people still you know have the audacity to keep complaining which they can but just sit down and think about it do some research like you're throwing out like i said scandinavia scandinavia cool move to scandinavia then pay 60 70 percent and then tell me how or what you want but you're not going to get a scandinavian citizenship it's not really that easy and basically the suicide rate in scandinavian countries is 
I think higher, if I'm not mistaken, you can fact check me if you want, than the United States. So it can't be all sunshine and rainbows and people skipping down the street. They still have their issues. No system is perfect. But I think what we have in terms of freedom in the United States, it hasn't really been replicated anywhere in the world or even present day. So just think about it. Think about other viewpoints, especially opposing viewpoints. And don't look at mainstream media. Media is supposed to be not biased and just say facts. Here in other countries in the world, right now, obviously, majority of the media is left-leaning. There are obviously some pockets of right-leaning. Regardless of left or right, they should be you know, neutral, presenting the facts. But the left-leaning ones focus on stories that, you know, want to defame Trump or attack Trump or, you know, they're Republicans and then vice versa. The right wants to attack the liberals and some of the politicians and Nancy Pelosi. Why don't you just stop attacking each other and just give the facts and let people choose? People, that's that's the problem. A lot of people are thinking for themselves now around the world because they can bypass the mainstream media and actually find facts for themselves. So I would encourage you to do that. Don't believe something on face value. Always challenge ideas. Always do the research and decide for yourself. And if you want a system differently than the United States, why don't you go live in that system? I'm not, you know, trying to be sarcastic or anything, but literally go for a week. Go to North Korea. I don't even know if you can get in. Go to Russia and try to protest. Try to have an opposing viewpoint other than what the government is saying and see where you end up. You're definitely not going to just stand there and and protest peacefully and gather. You'd be thrown into a cell and beaten. So, like, don't tell me about freedom. Don't tell me about anything or the lack thereof because you have it very well in the United States. So, go look at other countries, travel, get a different worldview, or make and mold your worldview to be a little more inclusive and have facts from all over the place, not just talking points from liberal media or talking points from conservative media just think for yourself be a free thinker and do you and um, i guarantee you you may change your mind until next time guys take care this podcast has been brought to you by nova zora digital find out how nora zora digital can help your company grow online learn more at novazoradigital.com until next time all you digital savages